Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle, fired up and, uh, and fully motivated after the episode that we just shot uh, on self-defense. And I'm here with my friend Alfonso Rachel. And uh, this is the show where we try to talk about looking at the world of today from slightly different angles and hopefully ones that make sense to you. So last episode, we talked about self-defense and that the idea that we had to be physically fit in order to be emotionally and spiritually fit because we're the targets. Uh, we're the we're the strategic objective of our enemies is weakening our defenses. They're not bombing the Maginot line. They're not putting artillery down on trenches. They're not shooting down incoming bombers. They're going after us and our individual sanity. But with that said, and refer to last episode for means of, of making that defense considerably stronger, uh, I think on this one, Zoe, I kind of want to talk about um, about pushback. I mentioned this briefly in the last episode. But I, I, not only do I process a lot of data, I process a lot of data from a lot of different sources. You know, I'm not just reading, you know, uh, reports from the Hoover Foundation. I, I really am looking everywhere in the pop culture. And I've been seeing this for a long, long time. And I'm seeing it not just in the pop culture streams that I, streams that I talk about all the time, I'm seeing it everywhere. I am getting a sense now that we have really come to and have actually passed a turning point where the tide is starting to flow the other way now, in our direction. I think we have passed peak wokeness. I think people have reached the limit of what they're going to take. I'm not saying that it's over by any means. Uh, just as an example that I've used before, you know, uh, uh, America entered the Pacific War against Japan on December 7th, 1941, and on uh, June 4th of 1942, less than a year later, uh, the Battle of Midway happened. And after Midway, the war was won, but the war wasn't over. In fact, the war wasn't even halfway over, and the number of casualties that we took were much, much higher in the final few months of the war than they were years before when we actually won the war. So with that kind of understanding that even though I think they have tried their best and have already failed. I know people sometimes think that's Pollyanna of me, but I, I, I just every day become more and more convinced that they have had everything going for them now. Everything that they've ever done is out in the open and they still can't succeed. So I want to talk about this idea of, of pushback. And I'm, I want to start by asking if you feel the same way too. It seems to me that all of the compressibility, um, all of the... Uh, subservience, all of the kind of sheepish kind of, yeah, okay, if the government says I'll do it, then all of that has been compressed. All of the people who are going to go along with these things have gone, have gone along with them. And what I'm seeing more and more on a daily basis is the best way I can describe it is there's not much compressibility left. All the low-hanging fruit has been picked by these people. All of the people that are going to go along and do what they tell them to do are already doing it and it is not continuing to contract down to a point that we're reaching this kind of nucleus of, of resistance now, of, of just sheer, plain, past resistance now and into open rebelliousness. I'm seeing it in school board meetings where parents are going to school board meetings they've never been to in their lives. I'm seeing it all across the pop culture where people are just totally, not only just a, not only just abandoning lifelong interests like Star Trek and Star Wars, but actually filled with rage and anger and, and retribution against the studios that have ruined this kind of common mythology that we have with, you know, gay Superman and, and, and all. people are just not only, not only are they just saying, you know what, I, I just don't care anymore. Now they're saying, I don't care anymore. And, and, and damn it, I want somebody to pay for this. 
And you're seeing time and time again, pilots, you're seeing uh, policemen, nurses, firemen, basically saying, well, I've just been told I either have to get the jab or I'm fired. So I'm, I'm fired. And I'm seeing more and more of this all the time. And, and I'm not saying we're at the end of the compressibility yet. And I'm not saying that we're in full on uh, counterattack mode, but I do feel very strongly, very strongly that what we've seen in the last nine or 10 months has put an end to people's tolerance of it. I'm seeing like a great example of this was, uh, was not just the FJB tag, you know, the uh, let's go Brandon uh, scenario, but I saw some college students uh, chanting the FJB chant uh, at a football game and you could hear some some you could just I didn't see her in the camera I just could hear her voice I imagine you know, I could see her you heard this kind of overly sophisticated feminist voice saying you know oh really how racist and these guys are saying what's racist about saying you know FJB what's so racist about saying let's go Brandon there's nothing racist about it and you hear this voice really I can't believe you guys could be this racist in public and then every single one of them said you know what you're right I'm a racist absolutely I'm a racist to me what about you I'm racist yeah we're all racist fine 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 we're not going to be we're not going to be um we're not going to be corralled by your displeasure anymore we're not going to be we're not going to be cowed by this by this uh, atomic bomb that you use all the time against decent people. We've had enough of it and we don't care anymore. We don't care. And this is the point that I've been trying to make for the last several years, but especially the last 10 months or so. These people that are getting away with all of this destruction have no physical power over us at all. They have no coercive power over us. They, all they have is our acquiescence mm. and, and we give it to them. Mm. And and I just really feel like even in California, I can feel it. The, the soy capital of the, of the universe is, is getting to the point where people are, are just, you know, it's like, what do you think? Indeed, man. Like, you know, that, talking about that, that woman who's insisting that they're a racist, obviously um, she's, she's got some uh, socially dyslexic issues. Yeah, we're uh, making fun of an old white straight male. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to be, you know, as we said before, it's like, wait a minute. He's supposed to be the very things that you guys are against. An elderly, white, rich, privileged man, and this is who you want for president? I thought he was, he's supposed to be Satan to you. Uh, but they love him, uh, Satan. Anyway, um, mm -hmm. but with this woman making these arguments, I mean, these people are desperate, attention-starved uh, people who are trying to make themselves seem virtuous by, you know, just whatever they think have been, they've been sold on what is virtue. That's why I keep talking. That's why we have the show. It's like, okay, we're going to talk about virtue. We need to define virtue, morality, and all those sort of stuff. That has to be based on something. And it gets to a point, like the word says, you got to know when to not throw pearls before pigs. All right. These people are nuts and they're trying to drag us into their insanity. Do not throw your pearls before them. They will drag you under like we're doing, like what's happening now. All right. And they will tear you apart where they live. I sometimes I hear conservatives say we got to get down and dirty in the mud like them. No, I think it was Mark Twain who says you don't fight with an idiot. They'll beat you with experience. <laughs> All right. So which is a paraphrasing of the Lord saying, don't cast your pearls before pigs. So you got to keep the high ground. It's a better it's a better vantage point to fight from anyway. Keep the high ground. Instead of retaliating with a rebellious spirit or this this kind of just frustrated resistance, I mean, you want to have 
a controlled explosion, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, a constructive uh, explosion. And I'm seeing, you know, people kind of lash back out with these things. They're showing up to school meetings and stuff like that and they're demanding what's being, what should be taken out of school it, the, with the condition of what you're going to take, you're going to send your kids back there. I, more than fighting to send your kids back in school, it'd be nice if people fought for the Lord to be in school. And I'm not talking about forcing the Lord on people. That's not what I'm talking about at all. This is not a theocracy, and I would never say that. That's not what the Lord would want. However, if you're going to teach morality, if you're going to teach, that has to be based on something. Yeah, this, it's got to be. So we all learn through stories. Everything we learn through yes. is through stories. That's why I'm so big on the pop culture. Yes. You know, America learned who America is because of Superman. Believe in truth, justice, and the American way. But no longer, by the way, that's been officially changed. Now, Superman. Superman represents truth, justice, and the hope for a better tomorrow. Hear how hear how weak that is. How yeah. how 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 um, ambiguous it is. How uh, m- manipulative it is. Hope for a better tomorrow. Well, what does that mean? Well, if I decide that we uh, you know we're gonna have to kill fifteen thousand people, disagree with me. That's uh, that's uh, gonna give us a better tomorrow and a hope for a better tomorrow. You know, this is I I I. I try my entire career to show the respect that our audience deserves. And I'm and I'm doing that very much here now, and I'm very aware of this. So I'm just getting to the point when I'm saying that really, to be perfectly honest with you, the actual answer to all of this is F you. That's really it. We've been trying to argue. We've been trying to, oh, our freedoms are, no, no, don't you understand? All of this stuff about, you know, constitutional convention, freedom of speech, it's not like they don't understand it. They don't generally, but you you cannot reason, you can't argue with a pig. You just, just you know, it annoys the pig. I think that's another one too. You can't argue with a pig. All it does is waste your time and it annoys the pig. And, and there comes a point when you have to basically say, again, with all respect to, to our audience, I'm, I'm not trying to, 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 to demean this, but I just don't think of, I can't think of another expression that really gets to the heart of it so much as F you. This is what, I think this is what the country really, really needs. I think some on some high level, some something that's being watched by a lot of people, I think somebody needs to be like under attack. You said this and this about this and this and this and no, no, no. How, how do you reply to these charges that you, and I think somebody needs to say, well, I've thought about this very carefully. And honestly, the the, the best response I can give and, and, the, and the most sincere apology for, I can give it's just f you you know who do you think you are honestly we have had enough of people like you using our decency and our kindness and our willingness to let people live their lives against us f you we are done with this discussion i don't give a damn what you think about me i don't give a damn what you say about me you have no power over me other than the power that i give you and i am withdrawing all of that power right now complain all you want to you can you can launch whatever Twitter campaigns you want to, and maybe it'll even cost me my job, but it's not going to cost me my soul. So so let's go, Brandon. You know that's my answer to you. Indeed, man. And and Paul kind of shares the same sentiment. Maybe not as colorful, but uh, Paul is. He asks, man, why are you sending? Why are you sending your uh, people to the godless to judge your affairs? Why are you doing that? What's wrong with you? Right. And when we talk about judge affairs, whether it's, it's a, you know, litigation between something, you know, a civil thing or whether what you're going to be instructed by, what you're going to be entertained by. God, Paul's like, what, what are you doing now? These um, it's nice to see, you know, you know, these parents, you know, going to these meetings and stuff like that. But who taught the parents? They're a product of the same public school system that people don't understand the, the evil engineering that Democrats are doing. You know, like I said about Joe Biden, you know. This, you know, it's, it's one or two things. The guy is either an evil genius 
or he really is deteriorating in his mind. But now one would say, there's depth. No, I don't think there's much discussion about this one. Well, you know the thing. Uh, but, but yes, I, but those are the only two choices, right? Are you are you senile or are you evil? You could be both, could but be both. you're certainly one or the other. But but here's the scary thing, though. I mean, because we know that he wasn't going to be able to do that with a lot of money behind him. And it's like, okay, so between Soros and 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 uh and and the Bill Gates and all these power uh, uh um these power players, this was their secret weapon. <laughs> This was the guy that they used. See, this That's is why. Really this sad. is why. This is why when people say, "How can you be so optimistic?" and I say, 10 years ago, I thought we were in real trouble. Now we're in real trouble. Ten years from now, I think we're going to be fine." I I keep coming back to this. This is the A team, right? This isn't like the warm up for their big play. This is it. This is this is it. Guys like Bill Maher and Dave Chappelle and all these other people are already well past this corner. People who Dave Chappelle I've always admired, Bill Maher not so much. Mm. But but this turned this this corner has been turned and and this is something that we need to push. You know, we need to build this momentum. For a while there, the number one rap song on, on YouTube was, was Let's Go Brandon. Mm. Now, that may not seem important to you, really. I, 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 this is probably a generational thing yeah. where I think that as a kid who grew up with television and movies, I appreciate how much of our value system comes to us through television and movies. I think people who are just a little bit older than me who, who didn't grow up with that, well, you grew up with radio. Okay, so it's the same thing. When when a when a black rap star, or or maybe he's not even a star. I don't I guess he's really that famous. Is is got the number one rap song in America, and he's wearing a red hat that says "Make Music Great Again," and he's and he's doing this this rap thing called "Let's Go Brandon." We know what they're really saying, mm. and that goes to number one. Then these are signs that these people are not. It's not that they're in retreat, so. It's just that it's just that despite the fact that they're they're sending these human wave attacks against us, mm. the line is holding. Yeah, yeah, we're backing up a little bit. Yes, yes. I'm not not that stupid, and I'm certainly not saying they're not doing any damage. Of course they're doing damage. Mm. I'm looking at this from geostationary orbit. I am trying to look at this from a from a 10, 20 year perspective. And I'm telling you that this surge is not going to succeed and i'm going to just chuck this in there just for those of you who are big students on, on history you just got to throw this in here because it just came to me as world war one was coming to an end it became clear that this stalemate that had been going on for three or four years germany was was really doing a much better job tactically and and strategically they were on the defensive and they were taking probably one casualty for every two or three or four french and english casualties and the Germans were holding on. It looked like they were going to hold on. And finally, they would just bleed the English and the French white, and they'd win the war. Then America enters the war, and now the clock is ticking. America's coming. America's coming with millions and millions and millions of these, of these corn-fed Nebraska boys who are four <laughs> times the size and strength of these, of these underfed, malnourished, scrawny British kids who've been holding the line for four years. Mm. And then Germany realizes, all right, we got to end this now or we're going to lose. we got to end this war now and win it. Or we're going to lose it because they're getting stronger and stronger. So in, in uh, April or March or April of 1918, late in the war, Germany launches these massive offensives, massive, huge offensives. And they push, you know, where they've been fighting for yards or maybe a half a mile, they push the Allies back 20, 30 miles. And it just looks like this dam has burst. And it looks like, my God, it's over. The Germans are just 
they're just coming through and they're using all these tactics and we're just falling back. And then what happened was that incredible German army push in Operation Michael pushed through those lines and kept on going and kept on going and then it 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 ran out of steam. It just plain stopped. And even though the Allies had been pushed back this incredible distance and everybody was panicking and saying it's all over, no, they didn't close the deal. They didn't cut to the channel. They didn't cut the British and the French apart. They didn't push the British. They didn't get there. Battle of the Bulge was similar, although not on the same scale, where it's last ditch, last ditch offensive on the part of the enemy. What the hell's going on? The Germans everywhere. We got to fall back, got to fall back. My God, it's coming apart. No. All these things happened, yes, and yes, terrible casualties, and it was the bloodiest battle for America in, the, in World War II and so on, Battle of the Bulge, all of this, but they didn't have the strength to finish the job. And that's what I'm seeing now from, from this culture war, is that they have, they have shot their bolt, and they've done massive damage, and we've had to retreat an incredible distance, but they are not able to close this deal, and they will never be able to close this deal, and the counterattacks are starting now, and they know it. And I just wanted to make sure that we know it. Indeed, man. It's, and that's, we should be encouraged by that. And um, one of the things that does, does concern me, though, is, you know, in those, in, you know, like, you know, following World War II, we knew who the enemy was and, and, and we defeated the enemy. Fine. Great. And right after seeing who this evil is that we were, that we that we fought. Right. That, uh, uh, you know, uh, our generation before us fought. What happened? They planted the seeds of voting in the same things in America. It's like, wait a minute, didn't you recognize what it is that we were fighting? What, what did you do? Did you not recognize it? And now here we are. It's, it's become the fashion to try to force this, it, this, this nation to be a collectivist nation. The very things that we've been fighting, the very people who, who have murdered people by the millions. And, you know, it's, you know, and we think, you know, maybe 10, 15 years from now, uh, I would like to, hey, I'll try to be optimistic and I, and I like to, uh, things to think, uh, see things be better, you know, but I would hate to see us make the same mistakes that brings to pass the very same things that get us. Like when people talk about, we just want to get back to normal. I don't think you want to get back to normal because one, people hated normal then too. They were complaining about normal then too. And that same normal is what got us here. That's right. right. That normal <laughs> wasn't strong enough or else we wouldn't be in this trouble. Right. You know, we got to get back to better than normal. Yes. You know, it, I mean, if it's a great we, point. Yeah. When people talk about taking the country back and, you know, make America great again. OK, well, what was this point? Can you define that point when America was great? Don't get me wrong. It's the greatest nation in the world. But can we agree on what that point was? You know, so when we talk about taking America back, take it back to what? Um, there has to be a standard. What take it back to what America was supposed to be? You know, this idea of, of all men created equal, you know, and, and things like that. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, but. You, what is it that we're, we're, we're really, you know, ready to stand up and fight for? There has to be a standard. And, you know, I think about, you know, when you were, you know, talking about uh, these wars, you know, and the things that are coming down, um, you know, leaflet, leaflets were dropped. You know, say, hey, uh, you, you might want to get, get ready for a doozy, okay? Well, the Lord dropped leaflets. He's dropped leaflets for a long time, giving us a warning. It's like, look, man, there, there's, there's a doozy coming in. You don't want to be on the business end of it, okay? Uh, you guys want to get this thing straight? Read the leaflet. <laughs> if you want to get ready, you know, if you want to be, and, and here's the thing about, you know, uh, defense, you know, being ready to defend yourself. 
you know, I, as I've said before, you know, with my instructor, he told me, uh, look, man, I'm going to give you a deep study of the arts, but it ain't going to mean nothing without Jesus. Okay. I had to find out the hard way what that meant. Uh, like one, one encounter. Yeah. Explain that because if you're, if you're, if you're a guy who goes into, uh, uh, hey man, I want to take some, I want to take some martial arts because I don't want to get pushed around, or maybe I want to be, you know, Jackie Chan or whatever. Mm. You go into this martial arts place, say, hey, I want to sign up, and the guy says, okay, good. Yeah, I can teach you all kinds of things about strength, that I can teach you out of, you know, physical things and all these actions and all these movements and stuff. But basically, it doesn't mean anything without Jesus. What if you're a, if you're not a Christian, you hear this, you think this is not what I'm here for. Right. So how does that work? Well, you know, the Lord Himself says, hey, uh, buy a sword, man, sell your cloak. Sell your cloak and buy a sword. That's basically him saying, man, it's, it's better for you to be naked than to be unarmed. I need you to be ready. There's going to be people who what are going cool, to... What a cool thing to say. <laughs> this is what I talked about. Again, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, man. But we talked about this on the last show, that, you're, that you and, and a few other people have this very muscular view of Christianity. And, and, and the fact that it's lost that muscularity mm. and has become so soft is why it's not so popular anymore. Indeed. The idea that, the idea that God would say, no, I'd rather have you run around naked with a sword than, than, than have a very nice cloak <laughs> and nice clothes and be unarmed, because that's just plain dumb. Mm. I think if that message went out today... When I'm looking at these at these young men and, and how and how soy infused their environment is, but the, nevertheless I watch what they're doing with their time and they're playing Call of Duty and they're and they're and they're playing Arma and they're doing all these war games and that instinct to fight is always there. There's nothing for them to connect to that in the real world, mm. so they they just basically bow their heads and scrape and they and they leave all of this social justice stuff up here and then they go down into their rooms, close the door, and the next thing you know, they're calling in airstrikes and they're flying AC-130s and, and, they're, and they're, they're blowing terrorists to, to pieces from the sky and they're driving Jeeps and they're, they're shooting Nazis, which is the, what God intended us to do, you know? <laughs> and, and all of this to say that that, that fundamental core of, of biology from which grows this sort of philosophy when you can the biological core is there young men still want to act like young men they play these video games where the where the father figure it's not some it's not some college professor you know with a little goatee <laughs> this guy's in these in these in call of duty and medal of honor this is huge square jaw sergeant get up there johnson you know so so the they cannot destroy the foundation of 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 manhood and all of this stuff but there's nothing in the real world to attract them to that. There's no, if, if Christianity were sold in that much more muscular, I hate to say warlike, because that's not exactly what we're talking about. Warlike implies a kind of a, an aggressiveness and kind of a, you know, I'm going to, it's, it's not that, but, but that, 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 that strength yeah. That there's that there's that there's strength here, and that the spiritual strength comes from this idea of the physical strength of the idea. Don't sell your cloak and buy a sword. Isn't I've never heard that before. But mm -hmm. if you told that to a bunch of these guys out there, they'd say that's. I thought Christianity was about smoking dope and giving your stuff to other people. <laughs> and, and even that, because and, and that's one of the, the commandments of of why the Lord says, "Don't take my name in vain." You know, because mm -hmm. you have these people out this there. This isn't Christianity. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're infringing on my copyright, man. Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly right. Man. And they, you're, they, you're, you're weakening my brand. Yes, yes. And, and you do have these people out there trying to make this hippie, all accepting, loving Jesus. It's like, he's like, I, I don't know who you're talking. He even says, man, I don't know you. I 
don't know what you're talking about. If I was and, and, and trying to sell, you use Jesus to sell love. That's that that be, be, became like some sort of church branding, and it's and, and people do end up losing a lot of respect because Jesus was like, look, man, don't assume that I came to bring peace. I came to bring the sword. That's what Jesus says. You know, so it's like in 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 his love, it's like, look, man, I'm as gentle as a lamb. You know, strength is shown by restraint. And and yes, I would rather you promote love, but I'm not going to I'm not telling you to let people abuse you. Right. You have to show strength. You got to guard yours at the same time. You so know, tell me about turning the other cheek then, because because tell me tell me how that really works, because for people who are either not Christian or people who don't really fully understand Christianity, no matter how much they've been to church. Mm. That's the classic example of what is considered to be Christian meekness and essentially weakness and kind of wussiness and kind of, you know, uh, I don't want to fight. You know, mm. <laughs> what is it? What is he really saying there? Well, one thing about it, in order for it to meet the canon, it has to meet all cultures, has to meet all hist- historicity, has to meet uh, all generations. So there's some people who give an explanation for that and they isolate it to a certain dynamic between people, like whether they're nobles and whether you have a slave. It's like, no, this has to be able to apply to everybody. All right. So I, I want to be able to say that first. When the Lord specifically says if somebody strikes you on your right cheek, um, that's not a strong arm attack. In order for somebody to strike you on your right cheek, they're going to most likely use their weak hand. Most people are that's right-handed. That's right. It's a, it's a, it's a slap. If I, if I'm going to hit you hard and you're facing me, mm. I'm going to hit you with my right hand because most people are right-handed. So if I'm going to hit you hard, I'm going to hit you on your left cheek. Yes. Yeah. That's so. That's where that's coming from. So now in that, um, if a person takes that strike and you turn the other cheek to them. Well, even even in, in, in warfare, that's that's showing a, a state of vulnerability and it's showing that you're ready for their attack. Now, one and we also said the Lord talks about being ready. You got to be ready to know when you're escalating an argument. All right. So the Lord is basically telling you, look, you shouldn't be in this position right now where this person is feeling like they have to hit you. All right. If they're if they're the kind of person that you can't be reason, you can't reason with them. You need to step away from the argument as it is. But if you're going to stay there, take that hit. And they showed it because anybody else around you, one, you got witnesses that you were attacked. Yeah. Right. And two, if you're able to brush off that attack, you've just given that person something to be afraid of. See, right? you know, what's interesting about this is that you, you hear the story. It's like if somebody smites you, turn the other cheek. OK, mm. but they never tell you. It's, a, it's like it's like uh, Paul Harvey. But what's the rest of the story? And the mm. rest of the story is somebody strikes you, you turn the other cheek. What's never talked about is what happens if they strike the other cheek, then what? Yes, yes. Now, this is what's in the martial arts, we call this telegraphing, right? Or invitation. So you have you have invitational stances, a stance to let your opponent think that, oh man, I got a free shot to your face or something like that. And what you're doing is that you're baiting them, right? So if the Lord says, if they strike you all this, that's, that's their week, that doesn't mean anything. And like I said, anybody watching, you, you brush that off, they're gonna be like, dude, the person who hits you should probably stand down because this person's gonna tear you apart. Right. So you offer them the other cheek and you're you're baiting them to go ahead and give me a strong. And usually when people want to hit you with their strong arm, they want to give that big haymaker, bring it back from the next city to try to hit you. That's a telegraph all day. Right. And once they they handle that arm, you can go ahead and eat it. Right. Eat that arm alive. So I had a a martial arts instructor used to talk about says, look, uh, what if what if a person grabs you and stuff like that? You know, and it's like he just says, I thank him. Right. (laughs) Because now their hands are occupied with holding on to my clothes. Oh, man, Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want. You know, so when you have that kind of telegraphing, you know, that that the Lord is basically telling you to be ready for. This isn't like I said, 
This isn't the Lord inviting us to take abuse from people. Yeah, it's right. It's not, it's not saying take a beating because if it was saying take a beating, mm -hmm. this is this is the power. This is what the left and 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 those forces of, of darkness always do is they always use our words against us mm -hmm. and they always put a period where maybe there should be a comma. Mm -hmm. And so basically, it's not like it's not like uh, the the saying is if someone strikes you turn the other cheek and if they strike you again turn the cheek back again and if they strike you again turn the cheek again and keep turning the cheek until until they you know, go away. It's not it's not saying that at all. Mm -hmm. No. There's that unfinished. There's that unfinished action. Mm -hmm. Somebody hits you, okay, I'm apparently in a self-destructive mood today. Somebody hits you, you turn the other cheek, and that's where the story stops. Mm -hmm. But that's not where the story ends. Because no. if somebody hits you and you turn the other cheek and you look at them like that, mm -hmm. then the question is what happens, right? Indeed. And 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 if somebody hits you, and instead of instead of you immediately don't you know a lot of a lot of guys fight even guys who think they're really tough they they fight like you know four-year-old girls swatting at wasps you know the kind of <laughs> the, you know the, this this kind of thing but but i guess what that's saying is basically saying is if somebody hits you and you and you just say you know go do it again you know it's almost like it's almost like yeah knock it off my shoulder go ahead i you know, go ahead I, I already know what you've done once i wasn't inviting an attack but you attacked me so here's the other side Try it again. Is that is that closer to the truth of it? Do you think? It's it's yeah. It, indeed, Gideon, because we obviously Jesus can't be a, a full on turn. Um, and I'm not saying that that the Lord is contradicting himself. What what I'm saying is there's there's a misunderstanding of what it is because the Lord Himself comes back, and when He comes back, it's going to be a bloodbath. He's coming back with armies, right? So the Lord Himself, He took His strikes. You know, when that's he, right. The so the crucifixion was taking the cheek. Yeah, and He turned the other cheek, and now it's like. You don't want to do this again. Now, there's people that he commissions for this, right? This isn't this. It's, it's almost like, like say for instance, Israel. When people look at the Old Testament, they see these laws in there, and they're like, and all these laws are are prophetic instructions of showing you who Jesus is, what's going to happen to him, and what he's going to do. That's the lesson in the in these statutes. That's why the Torah is actually called the instruction. It's not just called the law. It's the instruction. So in these things, you know, people got this idea of uh of what they're supposed to be looking for and this person is who, who's going to come back. It's like, no, he's giving you the, the, uh, the heads up on these things are going to happen. I'm going to take this abuse on your behalf. And like, like I said, with Israel, they're going to have to follow these laws. These laws, these Levitical statutes, I should say, in terms of the 10 commandments, there's a good idea for everybody to follow these commandments. All right. It's just, that's just an inherent thing, but the Levitical law itself is something that they were supposed to take on to be the custodians to point to the Redeemer when he shows up. And it's the same thing when Jesus is talking about certain things. Yeah, there are certain things that my disciples are going to go through on the behalf of spreading the salvation. You, on the other hand, I didn't commission you to do that. I didn't commission you to take abuse. There's certain things that are going to have to be done to preserve my word. Some soldiers are going to be captured and they're going to endure things. Doesn't mean that the whole nation has to endure these things. This soldier signed on the line to endure these things. It sucks and the nation will suffer with them. But there are certain things that certain people are commissioned to do, not you. All right. So when people think of these things of how we're supposed to endure abuse, yeah, we're going to be persecuted and stuff like that. And we don't want to trade evil for evil. 
And when you when you when you counterattack, you want to do it justly, not out of vengeance, not out of malice. You want to protect what you're defending, not out of hatred for the person that you're protecting from. That would be giving into evil. That would make you becoming just like the person who attacked you. You don't want to do that. You know, but like I said, the Lord commissions like Paul. Paul took a lot of abuse, lots of it. That well, Paul at the same time dished out a lot of it too. He was a murderer. But the Lord commissioned him to do what he did. Paul took a lot of abuse on that behalf. That, that, that was Paul's commission, not ours to be abused. This is just so interesting to me because what, when you were talking about um, like response, an appropriate response, it's become, and it may be the result of the atomic bombs, which have created something called the long peace. Despite all these little brush fire wars, and, and Vietnam was a big one, but nevertheless, they're not full-on civilizational, Western, westernized, highly technical societies have not attacked each other since, you know, August 11th of 1945, two days after the second atomic bomb fell. The reason there haven't been any big, enormous World War Threes mm. is because of nuclear weapons. And I bring this up because... Since the last serious war, which is World War II, we've gotten into this idea of something called proportional, proportional response. And when Vietnam was at its most insane, Johnson and, and McNamara were the high priests of, proportion, of proportional response. They attack us and do something. We're going to counterattack, but we're going to keep it exactly to that scale. You know what I mean? We're not going to escalate it. My feeling about the moral use of fourths is, is that there is a person who instigates the action. That person is the aggressor, and that person is responsible for what happens afterwards. If I'm walking down the street minding my own business, and you're walking down the street minding your own business, and we pass each other, how you doing? Good day. Fine. Nothing, nothing wrong. If I'm walking down the street and somebody punches me in the face, anything that happens downstream from that mm -hmm. is a result of that person's decision and that action. So I don't believe in proportional response. I believe in overwhelming response. But this is what you said that really made me realize what the morality of, of the counterattack and the fight is. If somebody or some country, let's say a country, if some country in, invades my country and attacks my country, I think rather than proportionately responding, they killed 3,000 of our people, so we'll, do, we'll kill 3,000 of their people and see if they stop. All you've done is reduce yourself to their capability. They are doing everything they can to hurt you, and you can do you can do essentially what Israel can do. If Israel was the was the monster that people said that it was, modern Israel, there would be no Palestinians. Right. They just push them into the ocean. Mm -hmm. They can do it any day they want to. Mm -hmm. So my my uh, theory about this kind of thing about aggression is: if somebody attacks you, then you smash them. But you only you only inflict this damage upon them until which point that they surrender. And when they surrender, you stop. Mm -hmm. That's what separates us from cruelty and, and, and revenge and animalistic kind of thing. It's like, I am, you, you started this. I'm going to finish it. It's finished. Now I'm not going to kick you to death, right? Presumably you've learned the errors of your ways. I'm going to keep an eye on you because it was not a smart thing to do in the first place or a very nice thing either. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, I'm not going to kill you for punching me in the face. But if somebody points a gun at me, then they've already basically put my life into their hands. And so anything I do from this point forward is, is justified. Now, that may not have much to do with what we're talking about with the counterattack, but it really does. This, the theme of this episode is that, is that the war isn't over, but that the tide has turned. Mm -hmm. 
And I think probably the, the, the best way to put it would be to put it in the, in, the, in the words of the, without question, I think the greatest person who lived in the 20th century and, and, and certainly one of the five greatest people of all time is Winston Churchill. When he was talking about the success in the Africa campaign in, in 42, we're still not halfway through the war yet. Well, at least not for America anyway. And Churchill, as usual, got it in one. He got it in one. He said, this is not the beginning of the end, but I think it might be the end of the beginning. And, and that's how I feel about the things right now. It's not the beginning of the end for them, but is the end of the beginning. That, that this thing is now going to continue to damage us, but that it will, it will do progressively less damage that doesn't mean it won't do more damage. Can we be clear about this? But that that but that that flood tide that bursts through the lines is ultimately containable. It does not have the energy to win the war. It has the energy to blow defenses back. It has the energy to to knock us on our heels. It certainly has the energy to to make us think, "My God, we've lost." But as long as we don't think that, then we will eventually contain this and we'll roll it back. I feel that stronger and stronger every day. Indeed, man. I, I keep my faith as, as you know, we say, as uh, we Christians say, we already have the victory. We read the end of the book. We win. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, praise it's a nice God. feeling, isn't it? it? It is a nice feeling. You know, it's, it's a real nice feeling. Right. You know, he's like, and, and that's that's where my victory. That's where my hope is. That's where my victory is. Uh, you know, victory on my own ideas, because people have a lot of victory in their own ideas. And, and like, as we said before, they're, they don't seem to be sustainable. Uh, I base my victory on the one who's always been here. If I want an eternal victory. I lean on him for that. Yes, these forces are not equal. Mm. This is not uh, the Eastern idea of yin and yang, mm. that, that good and evil, and light and darkness are, are perfectly balanced and in a perpetual wheel. I don't believe that. I believe that, 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 uh, that good and light are overwhelmingly more powerful than, than darkness and evil. And that's why darkness and evil has to depend on deception. Mm. Deception is what you use when you're a weaker power. Yes. Strong people don't need to be deceptive. Deception is the tool of the weak. Mm. And when you get into things like election integrity and all of the rest of these things and, and all of Hillary Clinton's crimes and all of these crimes that go unpunished, all of it, all of it, all of it, when you find out that these people are saying, well, we can't actually tell them what we really believe because if the American people understood what we really believe, then they wouldn't vote for us. So we're all going to pretend we're all going to wink at each other, you know, <laughs> and say, no, no, we're going to put a Barack Obama in front of an American flag factory, right? And he's going to talk about, uh, uh, you know, stealing health care and he's going to do it in front of 35 American flags. And we're doing that because we don't want these uh, rubes to think what we really want to do. Deception is a weapon of the weak. And all we see now is deception. All of it mm -hmm. is deception. Yes. All of the all of the trans athlete stuff, all the things that we're told that we must believe. You must believe that this person who is born male, who's running and, and, and defeating all of these women athletes who've struggled and trained for years. We're you must believe that this person is not only not a cheater, but is brave and noble and deserves to be honored and, and worshiped and all the rest of it. This is the deception of weakness. And all we have to do is kind of snap out of it, which is really all I'm trying to do here, man. You know, with this show, with this company, with all of it, it's just to say to people, no, it's an illusion. It's, it's a glamour. 
And you're, mm. you, you've taught me so much about the original meanings of words, but the original meaning of glamour that movie stars have, and mm. to some degree that news people have, and, and all of the social media. The, glamour is the definition of glamour. It is an illusion. It's a spell that's cast in front of your eyes to make you see something that not only is not there, but is usually the opposite of what is there. A glamour is something that that uh, that a that a particularly ugly demon might cast in order to make it appear to be mm -hmm. this beautiful beautiful angel. It's it's a trick, yeah. and it's a trick because it's fundamentally weak, and the only way it's got to win is for you to believe the deception. And if you don't believe the deception, then it's game over. It's just a question of waking up, and. That's why I am so becoming more aggressively optimistic every day because I see this more clearly every day and I want you to watch it, you people watching to see it too. Yes, it looks like the end of the world. I understand that's what it looks like. It's not the case. They're not winning. They're losing and they know it. And that's why they're trying harder and harder and harder. And the harder they try, the clearer the deception becomes and the weaker they get. Indeed, man. It's like, don't let them, don't let them make us think that there's four lights. <laughs> That's right. You know, That's don't, right. Or, or actually five lights when there's really four, or, or you know, we, we remember how that goes. Uh, or four fingers, I should say. I got that confused with or, uh, with uh, 1984 and Star Trek somewhere along the line, but you, you know what it's, I'm talking it's about. It's Next Generation, I think. I've never seen that episode, but everybody talks about it. I should probably watch it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a take on, on 1984, man. And I got my, uh, my stories, you know, mixed up there. But yeah, it, you know, the thing is, you know, we want to be optimistic about these things. You know, when we hear people saying, hey, you know what? Um, uh, you're gonna in inject me with that thing, I'm leaving. Now that sounds good, but this is the thing I'm worried about. Like when you have police officers uh, who are gonna leave their jobs or firemen or, or people in position of, of authority or teachers uh, who are walking out, the thing that scares me is who they're gonna replace them with. Well, yes. You know, so and it's, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and this is this is the thing that I'm trying to take the long, long view on. Mm. Is it a catastrophe if all the good policemen leave? Who is gonna, who are gonna take the jobs? Bad policemen, yes. Mm. Is this a catastrophe? Yes. Is it avoidable? I don't think it is avoidable. I think that the only way through this is to find out what bad policemen look like, what, what, that, what that kind of world looks like. Mm. We are so far away from the reality of everything. Freedom is, is freedom is, freedom has been essentially free for no less than three generations pushing for now. Uh, freedom wasn't freedom my dad's generation. And because I was raised by a, a, by a guy who, who was in World War II and was expecting to die in World War II, a fair amount of that got transmitted down to me and my generation, the boomers. And that got transmitted to some degree down to Gen X and Gen Y, and even less of that got transmitted down to the millennials, and so on and so on and so on. But Nevertheless, the fundamental biology, the principles are there. And, and as I've said before, this is why people walking away from woke Superman and people going into computer games where they've spent Red Dead Redemption is a, is a Western computer game. It's really excellent Western computer game. Made $512 million in two days of sales. And I try to explain to people, it's like people, young people with not much money just spent half a billion dollars so that they could play cowboys and Indians in peace without being hectored by these, mm. by these raving lunatics. They're trying to convince us that we're insane. And, and things like Let's Go Brandon and all the rest of it is a sign that we are now at the limit of what we're going to take. And 
this is a this doesn't mean it's over. Mm. As I've said before, you can't say this strongly enough. Midway was when the war ended for the Japanese, but that was early in the war, and almost all of the casualties we took happened after that. Just because the war is won doesn't mean the war is over. It's mm -hmm. going to get worse before it gets better. And when you understand that and you're prepared for that, then you get to what I've been trying to get to with this whole counterattack thing, with this whole tide is turned theme, and that is that it's not okay that things continue to get worse, but if you, as you said, if you have read the end of the book, right, mm -hmm. and you know what the ending is going to be, and you know that you're going to win, then that gives you the psychological and the emotional and the spiritual strength to weather this assault, because that's what it is, and essentially to to do what we have been doing, which is essentially tr falling back in good order. Don't panic. Don't turn this enemy offensive into a rout. Don't, don't panic. And most importantly, don't surrender. You know, the, 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 when the French surrendered to the Germans in World War II after six weeks of fighting, people think, wow, the Germans just must have overwhelmed them. The French had a bigger air force than the Germans did. They had a bigger land army than the Germans did. They had a bigger navy than the Germans did. The French were, were more powerful than the Germans, mm. but they didn't believe in themselves mm. anymore. And so they surrendered not because they were beaten on the field, they surrendered because they were beaten up here mm -hmm. and they were scared and they panicked. And, and this, not, this is not only what we need to avoid, Zoe, but this is what we have avoided, okay? We have been in retreat and we have been taking tremendous losses and we're watching just things just blowing up all around us and we're going, my God, what's happening? But we haven't surrendered. And so... Their big offensive has shot its bolt. It will continue to spread a little bit. And there may be other ones, but they, but they didn't do it, man. They didn't do it. They didn't break us. And, and we need to know that because the only way they can break us is if we surrender. There and we haven't surrendered. We're not going to. That's right. That, that's the key thing. And, you know, the Lord tells us, you know, just like you said, you can't panic. Don't be afraid. That's what the Lord tells us all the time. Kazakh, take courage. Don't be afraid. Get your helmet of truth on. Get your, get your breastplate on. Get your belt up. Sell your up. cloak and buy your sword, man. <laughs> that's right. And be Go sharp into battle and naked if you have to. That's but by right. God, you know, we're not just going to sit here and, and yeah, we're not, we're not giving up. That's right. We're not. Mm. All right, man. All right. All right, man. <laughs> Completely jazzed. I came into this recording session feeling like a, I felt like a, you know, dust bunny under a couch. <laughs> now I'm like, I'm get to the gym. I'm going to go and sell my cloak. I'm going to buy myself a sword and, and I'm going to go out there and kick some ass. All right, man. <laughs> kick a few for me. But, yeah. And for those people who had a problem earlier with the, you know, the, uh, the FU is really the only explanation. <laughs> I just wanted to add this because it occurred to me in passing uh, for, for people who find that vulgar, it is vulgar. And, mm. and if it, and if it, if you found it a little offensive, I'll just remind you of something. Uh, there was uh, during the, um, the Doolittle raid, no, it wasn't actually. It was during it was <laughs> it was during um, the Battle of Taffy Three, late in the Pacific War, uh, when when these Japanese surface fleet was coming over the horizon, uh, and and this one captain had to make a decision to go turn and fight them, and he didn't have orders to go and fight them. But every two ships were either leaving, and and he said, "I'm just going to stay here and be destroyed, or I'm going to go back and fight them." And he decided to go back and fight them, and and the term he used was. Uh, he thought about it. He said, "Well, sis, on you, Pister," and uh, <laughs> and and I thought, if if 
if FU is offensive to you and cis on you pister isn't, it's the same exact emotion. It's the exact precisely same uh, reaction. You're going to keep doing, all right, you know, you're going to accuse me of this and this. Well, cis on you pister, you know, honestly. <laughs> Had enough. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. That'll do it. That's it. That's the win. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of the Virtue Signals, made possible by uh, by steely-eyed missile men and women uh, like uh, like most of you who are watching, members of BillWhittle.com. But some of you aren't, and um, <laughs> and if you're not members, then we could use your help. We we could use your help. We need your help. And uh, and the way you can do that is go to BillWhittle.com, become a member button there, or click on the um, one-time make a donation thing. Every little bit helps. All of this fabulous technology and the staff that we have over here. My God, let's see. We got the art director station. We got three editors over there. We got four of the graphic designers. We got the uh, twenty-person marketing team in the back there. We got all uh, three, four hundred people. We got working for us here. Trying actually, there's three, uh, but they need to be paid too. So uh, many of you are doing that. We're very grateful for that. Uh, and so we will see you next week. On behalf of uh, my friend Alfonso Rachel, this is the Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle. Don't let the bastards get you down. Thank you.